Welcome to the RSA Events Podcast, the home of world-changing ideas and debate. Thank you for joining us today for the launch event of Partnership for Change, a community networking experience hosted by the RSA and the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. My name is Philip Adathi, and I'm part of the global team here at the RSA. Since 2011, the RSA and EMF have been working together to accelerate change and support the transition to a more sustainable, regenerative future. Through initiatives such as the RSA Student Design Awards and the Rethink Fashion Project, our work is focused on advancing the circular design agenda, in particular by inspiring and supporting the next generation of creative talents to design for a circular future. Today, we are delighted to add another element to our collaborative endeavors, the bringing together of our global communities in a partnership for change. Our aim is to significantly spread the idea and practice of circular design across our networks and create an empowered community and enhance our collective impact. Together, we will co-create tools, resources, and projects to inspire, educate, and engage communities around circular design and encourage a movement towards embedding circular design as the norm. For those unfamiliar with our work, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation is a world leader in the circular economy. They develop and promote the idea of a circular economy and work with, inspire, and sorry, work with and inspire business, academia, policymakers, and institutions to mobilize system solutions at scale globally. The RSA also has a strong legacy of making change happen, from ensuring education for all by creating the first public exam system to identifying technological solutions to end child labor. The RSA has been at the forefront of social impact for over 260 years. We are committed to a future that works for everyone and work together with our our diverse global community of over 30,000 problem solvers to deliver solutions for lasting change. In a moment, we'll hear from Joe Isles and Josie Warden, who will share more details about our work together. We'll then invite three members of our change community to share their experiences developing and working on social impact initiatives. As we only have a limited time today, we won't be taking questions at the end. However, our speakers have kindly agreed to answer questions in the chat, so we encourage you to post your comments there. We'll also be sharing the speaker's details at the end, so you're welcome to follow up with any questions directly after the event. I'll now hand over to Joe Isles, Circular Design Program Lead at EMF, and Josie Warden, Regenerative Futures Program Lead and Associate Director in the Design and Innovation Team at the RSA. Thank you, uh, Philippa, for the introduction and, and setting up the conversation today. I'm really delighted to see such a fantastic turnout for this event which brings together the RSA and the Ellen MacArthur Foundation officially uh, in our partnership. Of course, this isn't uh, for the first time. This makes official a relationship that's been bubbling since uh, 2011 for nearly a decade. Uh, Do check out the timeline uh, of our collaboration that we shared on uh, ellenmacarthurfoundation.org earlier this week. Um, And I know I speak for all of us at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation when I say I feel really lucky that we are now, can now work officially in partnership with the RSA. But perhaps the most exciting thing that the RSA represents uh, is, is a community of thousands of sharp and connected change makers like yourselves. I'm sure that many of you will or are already playing a role in the transition to a circular economy in which we eliminate waste and pollution 
keep products and materials in use for longer and regenerate natural systems. And both the RSA and the Ellen MacArthur Foundation are active in a number of different areas. And so are the people that, that we work with, the organizations and, and individuals that make up our respective networks. But the conversation today is centered around design and that builds on our work together since 2011. And in my role representing the circular design team, of course, I think that's great news. And that's because I really believe it's a great moment to be a designer. We know that the challenges that we face as a society are shocking and urgent, but that means that the current system really is ripe for disruption, ripe for redesign. And the world needs solutions, and designers have the agency and the mental toolkit to develop and scale really good solutions. And at this point, I should say that when I use the word designer and, and at the foundation, when we use the word designer, I don't just mean someone who went to design school or has design in their job title. Like a growing number of others, we subscribe to the view that the practice of design isn't exclusive to designers, nor only found in studios, because everything is designed. Things work the way they do because of innumerable design decisions made upstream at that design stage. So circular design really is a chance for anyone, regardless of their job title, to support the transition to a circular economy. And we feel this is a more contemporary view of design and it invites more people to be part of finding solutions. And undeniably, people are responding to that call. We've seen massive and growing interest in design for the circular economy. People want to use their talents and their expertise to contribute towards shaping a better future. I'm just gonna share my screen now and uh, show a couple of examples of um, how, how people have responded to this opportunity. Hopefully you can all see my screen. Um, in our program, uh, the Circle Design program, we work across a range of audiences from chief design officers to design innovation professionals and the wider creative community, shaping activities around three main areas, stories, tools, and networks. Stories are the spark that gets someone inspired to start a journey of exploration in circular design. Unfortunately, there's no shortage of circular design stories out there. Every day, there are more brilliant examples of the type of innovation we need and the innovation we need to nurture if we are to build a more circular economy. And some of those have come from the collaboration between the RSA and the Alan MacArthur Foundation. I've just picked two here. For the circular emergency brief for the 2018 to 19 RSA Student Design Awards, Moira Kane and Hannah Grogan adopted circular economy principles to design the personal patient pack. It's a reusable medical device which stays with patients throughout their treatment journey, eliminating single-use alternatives and designing out waste by up to 67%. And Hannah Jesse was a winner of the 2019 to 20 awards for her animation, A Change of Clothes, which explores the transformation of the fashion industry through the adoption of the circular economy. And their work and the work of many others reminds us that circular design is fundamentally a creative opportunity. It can lead not just to material savings, but better, more convenient, superior, easier to use offerings for people. And also that circular design goes far beyond just rethinking single products or services but has the potential to redefine how entire systems operate, like the fashion system, but also plastics or food. Tools and resources help people improve their knowledge and skills in circular design. 
And when it comes to tools and resources, we've developed some assets to help designers and creatives get started. Perhaps most well known in this area is the Circular Design Guide, which we created with our partner IDEO. It's a free set of 24 methods that act as an initial springboard into the new discipline, enabling you to discover some of the most crucial strategies and mindsets. We've also developed resources for upstream innovation for plastics packaging, which were released last year, and are developing design guidance for fashion and food design. Uh, Anna in the Circular Design team also pulled together a fantastic suite of resources in the Circular Design Toolkit, which you can find on our website. Fortunately, it's not just the Ellen MacArthur Foundation making resources, and there are many other great resources out there produced by others. And this is really important to see. I, I do encourage you to explore widely and find uh, resources and guidance that works for you. And finally, networks. The e we think of these as the ecosystems in which people practice. For us, networks exist within and between businesses. They exist in physical spaces, in academia, and of course, uh, especially in the past year, they exist online. And I'm sure our conversations today will really be testament to the importance of networks in accelerating the transition to a circular economy. They're where we exchange knowledge, where we gain support and encouragement, and perhaps most importantly, where we gain, gain and learn from feedback. And after we launched the Circular Design Guide, we created a circular design group on LinkedIn, which is now home to around 20,000 aspiring circular designers and creatives. And please do join that group if you haven't already. And this year, we launched the Circular Design campaign on social media. This campaign seeks to promote the fundamentals of circular design, to highlight stories and themes in industries like plastics and fashion and food. But perhaps the most special thing about launching a campaign like this is that it seeks to create a welcoming attitude, a, a really participatory network around circular design. And you can be part of it yourself and follow along using the hashtag circular design now. And it, finally, on networks, in attending today, you're now part of a network of people who are interested in or possibly practicing circular design, designed for a circular economy. And I sincerely hope you see this as an opportunity to discover impactful solutions that are better for people, that tackle the root cause of challenges like climate change and biodiversity, and create healthier and more resilient communities as well. And they ultimately put us on the pathway towards an economy that's circular and regenerative. That's an aspiration we've long shared with the RSA, and I hope we'll increasingly share with you as well. Now I'd like to hand over to Josie Warden, who's Regenerative Futures Program Lead and Associate Director in Design Innovation Team at the RSA. Thank you. Thanks very much, Joe. And it's, um, yeah, it's amazing to see so many of you here and from all over the world as well. And it's just to this exciting sort of next phase in our relationship. Um, so I sit in the design team at the RSA and I'm heading up our new Regenerative Futures programme, which I'll talk a little bit more about in a minute. Um, but I've been at the RSA now for about six years and I've been really lucky to see the relationship with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation go from strength to strength in that time, particularly as we've been discussing the relationship between the design teams um, and on the Student Design Awards, as Joe has just introduced. So I'm really excited about this next phase in the relationship and looking forward to what we can do together in the future. Um, and I think Joe did a great job just then of introducing those areas that I think we really, really align on, uh, the, the kind of understanding of design and seeing it as not just a practice um, that is around, you know, your kind of 
the kind of education you've had, but as a practice and a, a way of thinking and a way of acting across all different kinds of roles and opportunities um, across sectors. And our approaches of really seeing, um, be able to show people what is possible, what are these new innovations, the new practices and the new um, ways of doing things that can really help people move forward and provide inspiration. Um, but also really providing tools and methods and approaches and um, enabling people to take this on board themselves and find ways of running with it in the future and creating these spaces for collaboration. And I think this bringing together of the networks is such an exciting opportunity um, for really being able to much more broadly share and develop um, potential projects together. So I'm really looking forward to this, this next phase. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, a more recent collaboration that we've had. Um, which has been on the RS, uh, on the Make Fashion Circular program, which is an initiative from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. And we know that fashion is an absolutely enormous uh, challenge, not just in terms of the material impacts, but also in terms of the social impacts around the world. And at the RSA, we're really interested in it because of those kind of two aspects to it um, and its ability to speak to our culture and the sort of uh, behavior changes as well. So we were really, really delighted when the Ellen MacArthur Foundation invited us to partner on their Make Fashion Circular initiative, which is a really leading global initiative to, to shift the fashion system. Um, and with them bringing together very big brands and retailers and manufacturers in this space. We felt like the RSA that we were where we were able to really add um, add value to this connection was really to focus more energy on the um, the energy and potential of emerging designers. So in the first phase of this program, we ran student design award competitions, and Joe mentioned a couple of those just now. Last year, we had a brief that was around animating. Um, a, an audio clip just explaining the potential of circular economy for design and a second phase which was looking at a second brief which was looking at um, designing a product system or service that could enable the transition to a circular economy within fashion. Um, and then the second phase that we've been able to have which we've been really excited about is uh, rethink fashion and this has been a phase that has focused more on micro and SME businesses so we found that through the Student Design Awards, we were able to engage with these incredible and emerging and exciting young designers um, who all come out with these amazing ideas, but actually helping them move something to the next phase has been something that we haven't necessarily had the opportunity to do before. So this has been an amazing opportunity to really target um, fairly young emerging designers who are um, all working towards a circular economy in fashion. So what did we do? Um, we brought together 12, creatives in the fashion system so as Joe was just saying we saw design as being much wider than just uh, garment or textile design but actually bringing together people who are across marketing um, retail manufacturing because we know that it's really important to bring together these different disciplines um, if we're able to transition to a circular economy because each of them holds different parts of the puzzle different bits of information and that by bringing them together they're able to share and surface more insights and what we really recognise for um, designers in this, in this space and at this stage of their career is that it can feel very isolating. It can be very hard to understand how you can shift a much bigger fashion system that feels like this sort of huge and global, um, global system. Um, and that what you're really grappling with is being able to stay 
have a business that works in the short term um, and works within the current paradigm, but is also at the same time pushing and building and trying to create this new system that we need to see. And holding those two things is a really big challenge for anyone, but particularly when you're at a startup level or um, you know a fairly fairly new designer. So the purpose of this program was to kind of focus on the vision of a circular economy for fashion, building on the principles that make fashion circular as created. So clothes being used more, made to be made again, and made from safe and renewable inputs. Um, and holding that vision, but creating a space for these designers to actually really come together to see themselves as a field of practice um, and to understand how they as innovative and pioneering creatives can have a bigger impact on this fashion system. Um, so it was a four month learning journey and we've just wrapped it up last week that brought these creatives together um, and worked around kind of the RSA's living change approach, which is thinking about how you can think systemically. So how can you really understand the problems in the fashion system? What are the root causes? What are the complexities of the interrelationships between um, different actors that can help you understand really what's going on and what the kind of opportunities for intervention are? and then acting entrepreneurially. So really understanding how you can um, test and experiment and uh, collaborate to create interventions that can give you more information and help you move forward um, in what is a very complex and kind of ever-changing system. Um, so we did this by helping to broaden their understanding of the system, but also providing them with tools and methods and insights that can help them to, to move things forward. Um, and this was underpinned by all of the amazing research um, that the Ellen MacArthur Foundation have developed, their understanding as well of how the, uh, the industry is acting, what the challenges are being faced at that stage, um, and also by being able to inspire and um, inform these uh, emerging creatives on the sort of flagship innovation programmes that Ellen MacArthur Foundation are working on, such as their Genes Redesign Project which is working with across industry to, to shift the way that genes are designed within um, in order to enable them to be um, more within line with the circular economy. So it's been amazing to be able to um, connect the two organisations with this cohort. And I think we've both brought our individual strengths to the, to the, um, to the project um, and been able to really support these young creatives to, to move forward in their careers. Um, and at the same time that we were doing this, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation have also been developing their work on circular design and fashion. So it's been really beneficial, I think, for both of us to be able to learn from um, and learn and share insights together as we've been working with bigger and smaller um, players in this system. Um, we had a great kind of final event last week with this group, which um, which is which was recorded. So if you keep an eye out on the RSA Twitter feed over the next couple of weeks, you'll be able to catch up on the recording of that and also find out more about the participants. Um, but I think it's been an incredibly fruitful uh, partnership, which has brought together these different expertise and networks. And we're really looking forward to how we can build on this kind of relationship in more in the future. And so our work at the RSA on the circular economy is now underpinning a new program of work. Um, called Regenerative Futures and this is really focusing on some of these really fundamental aspects of circular economy which are really about recognising and working with the, the nestedness and the interconnectedness of our human systems with our ecological systems and making sure that both human and ecological health are at the heart and the fore of the work that we do. Um, so this is a, a new new program area of work and it's where uh, we want to be able to show what this kind of redemptive future can look, act and feel like. So it's again bringing these kind of inspirational stories to the front 
um, creating projects which can show and bring to life what this could feel like and how it could be, um, but also providing those tools and methods and kind of underpinning frameworks that can help other people to, um, to take this forward. Um, and Rethink Fashion was a really strong example of uh, a program that we'd like to, to carry on doing in this kind of space. So we're really looking forward to working with EMF more in the future um, uh, around programs like this and engaging with both uh, our RSA fellows and also the EMF networks to, to take this forward. Um, so we're really looking forward to seeing what happens in the future from that. And I'm gonna pass back now um, to the next speaker. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Joe and Josie. Um, we'll now hear from, from some of our inspirational community members, starting with um, Carlo Gilantar. Carlo is a founding partner of Core Capital, which invests in the next generation of the Philippines' most promising startups. An award-winning social entrepreneur, Carlo's work as the country director of Waves for Water Philippines, a nonprofit providing access to clean water, benefited one million Filipinos. Carlo is one of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation's Circular Economy Pioneers and co-chair of the Global Shapers Climate Action Steering Committee at the World Economic Forum. Thank you, Carlo. Awesome. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good, uh, good night, wherever you are. I'm going to share my, my screen and I think it should uh, show now. So uh, thank you so much for having me, uh, RSA and uh, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. It's truly an honor to be speaking uh, virtually with everyone here. Uh, I'm kind of having some imposter syndrome, mainly because I've been such a big fan of both organizations, mainly for social impact, but also on the work on circular economy. So I just have three slides and I want to make it quick, but hello, my name is Carlo and climate change changed my life. And when I say that, uh, I really mean it. I, I started my career at the midst of the super typhoon high end that happened in the Philippines. Millions of lives were affected, 100,000s, 10,000s uh, perished during that time, but they really catapulted my journey as a professional and as a human being, you know, as part of the society, global society that you know, we're all interconnected and we're seeing that we need to address climate change, but how do we do that? So I had to go through this long journey of figuring out what could be the solutions. And I felt like that really brought me during 2017 when I met uh, Tim Brown from IDEO when they launched uh, the Circular Design Guide uh, in Davos and uh, just some light bulb moment just came out of me and said, ah, this could be the solution that we need for the future and the future generations. And that really brings me to the present. Um, you know, I, I truly believe circular economy provides the solutions to the world's most pressing problems. So what do, what do I mean by that? Uh, you know, coming from the Philippines, coming from Asia and having the, you know, having, fortunately having the opportunity to travel all around the world, we realize that, you know, circular economy can be either high tech or low tech. And also we've been through a circular economy, you know, generations, uh, millenniums ago when we were still, you know, uh, working as, you know, small communal groups. Um, we were scouring for the food that we could probably eat. And if we're done, we could just, you know, traverse into different areas. And this is before the first industrial revolution. So that got me thinking, um, how do we get there? And I feel like circular design as a mindset should be part of, uh, of society. And if we change that, we get to see a huge social impact, but also transformative change 
we talk about the sustainable development goals that we need to reach um, by 2030. And, you know, I think we're still going through a lot of changes during this pandemic, but also this pandemic is really an opportunity for each and every one of us to see what are the essentials that we need in life. Now that we're in this space where we're all locked down, we realize that how can we make this as a jump, jump off point towards transitioning to the circular economy? So what's next for me and for us? Um, the circularity report said, uh, states that 9% of the world is circular. And if we are going to hit you know, the SDG targets by 2030, we have a lot of work to do. So where do I go from here, especially coming from the Philippines? I realized that the Philippines or Asia in general is the manufacturing hub of the, of the world. And there's definitely a huge opportunity to make you know, this manufacturing hub of the world uh, be a, you know, a, a hub for circularity, meaning, meaning from circular design um, all the way to um, real world use cases towards manufacturing. And we see most of the global supply chain start from here and making sure that industrial symbiosis truly is being implemented from here on before it gets to the consumer. And I truly see that as a very important aspect of circular design. So what are the three things I'm taking steps now? One, um, through being a head of circular economy for Gobi Partners, we're funding uh, innovative ideas and working ideas in the Pan-Asian region. We have a few um, startups already that are creating transformative change through the circular economy. And then second one is the circular ecosystem. In order for us to create an infrastructure, we need to build the ecosystem. And we wanna start for me, of course, uh, with the work with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation through the Circular Futures Lab, which I was part of, very proud to be part of that, is you know we've created a circular network in Southeast Asia and we wanna build on that. And Chris, who will be speaking uh, uh, shortly, also uh, we've partnered up with Circular Design Lab for a few projects. And we're super excited that this part of the world is truly taking um, actionable steps towards that, that change. And lastly, uh, circular design. Um, as, you know, as a practitioner of circular economy and circular design, um, it's really important that we pass on the, the skills, the knowledge, so that uh, the, when we talk about transformative change, it doesn't stay with us, but it becomes a community and slowly becomes a scalable um, mindset for everyone. So um, that's me. My name is Carla Dalantar. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, truly, uh, uh, congratulations to RSA and the Ellen MacArthur Foundation for the partnership. And I look forward to seeing you guys in Asia. Thank you so much, Carlo. Um, I'll now introduce Claire Gage from the RSA's UK network. Claire is a designer maker working in ceramics, jewelry, and creative education. In 2019, she launched Create Change Chesterfield, a participatory movement that aims to create a community of change makers to support positive local action in Chesterfield, England. Claire is a past RSA Student Design Award winner and is deputy chair of the RSA's Fellowship Council. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Philippa. Hi, everyone. It's incredible to be talking to you all. Um, so I guess today what I'm bringing to the um, conversation is around um, engaging communities. Um, and I really resonated with what Josie said earlier about the, um, the young designers having left university and, and all their hopes and dreams for what kind of a future they could build through their um, design skills um, and the sort of isolated feeling that you can have. 
um, being a small cog in this whole wheel of a world that we live in. Um, and that's exactly how I was feeling at the beginning of Create Change Chessfield. I, I knew that I wanted a different future. I, I knew that, um, that there was going to have to be a lot of change um, across the whole society, really, across the whole world. Um, and the only way I could kind of think about what to do about those feelings was to reach out and to kind of work together with others. Um, and one of the strange reactions to that, I think, was this sort of push and pull of how I wanted big change. I want a whole brand new world and changing attitudes to how we deal with the Earth's resources. But I needed to start that at home in Chesterfield with my friends, my community here in Chesterfield. So I, I think that as a message is really interesting to explore because sometimes you feel small and insignificant, but when gathered with others, you start to see the power of the community. And, and um, it's really interesting to see sort of grassroots projects popping up all over the UK and I'm sure all over the world. It's amazing to see so many people coming from lots of different places into this call today. Um, so yeah, why not? Why not start in your hometown? Why not start in a, in a town hall in Chesterfield and see what comes from it? Um, so the first event that I held was called Create Change Chesterfield and it kind of told the story of my um, entry into this world of, of social action, of kind of changing the world. Um, we got inspired, we heard some really exciting ideas, we got creative by doing some craftivism and we heard about um, another idea that I was really interested in at that time and still now about um, deliberative democracy which I find really interesting, it's a way of bringing people's voices into our democracy in a new way. I'm really interested in, in the idea that people need to be heard more and this is how change will happen if we're able to, to listen and respond to each other better. Um, so yeah, I really wanted um, an accessible day where as many people as possible would be able to attend. So we held it on a Sunday where I knew families would maybe more available on that day. We had childcare on the day. We'd collaborated with the local co-op group here in Chesterfield who provided lunch for everybody um, and obviously with the support of the RSA we were able to put on a, a free event um, and we had 50 people turn up from uh, across the town all sorts of different people turning up it was a really diverse group um, and there was loads of energy in the room it was brilliant um, when I, what I knew that I needed to do after that was to and be really responsive to the community, to listen to what it was that they felt was most important to them and respond to that, give them what they felt um, needed attention next, which, which was around the climate emergency, um, which I sort of thought was going to be everyone's priority, but it was important for me to deliver something and listen to them and respond and move forward from that. So I'm trying to build that into the project as a whole of this really responsive sort of a feedback loop around what do people care about, right? Where have we progressed? What do we deliver next based on that? And I'm building on um, aspects of accessibility at each occasion as well, so that we can say, well, what's still left on a barrier for people to get involved in this? Can we um, reach out to new bits of the community? Um, this is really interesting, I think, in an attitude of, being a designer myself and it's almost like a prototyping technique and you deliver an event you look at it how was it great what needs to change and they go for it again and and ever embracing this idea that to deliver is to be creative and is valuable and then to be responsive is the important bit for the next part of your progress 
so you can see there's a little list of the different events that we had. I was really pleased with the um, Climate Emergency People's Assembly because we were able to link with some other RSA fellows, um, Talkshop, which are an organisation over here in the UK who, who support people to have these conversations and kind of in that space of deliberative democracy. Um, and that was really great to kind of have the strength and knowledge and expertise of those people from the fellowship. We linked with um, the Borough Council here in Chesterfield for that as well, spoke to our local MP. So it was a lot about collaboration at that stage as well. And then I really started to push this idea of kind of the feedback led model and how we could keep being responsive to our community. Um, I developed this little loop that I've made here. Now this is just for me. So um, it works for my group in Chesterfield. And we ended up creating a little um, core group of people that would help support the project. Um, and we had, I had this little model of where I was going to reach out at various points um, give myself the opportunity to adjust my design ideas for the event um, based on the feedback that we've had, hold another big event, again react to that. So it's really interesting to think of this circular um, idea, it comes up so many different places and what I also think was great that we heard earlier from Joe was this idea that, that we're all designers, that every aspect of our life is, is influenced by design and we all make those design decisions in all sorts of ways. That's definitely how I approach my um, events here in Chesterfield. And I think it's great if you're looking to do something similar yourself, bear that in mind, think about what you're delivering, um, being an, an experience that you're designing. So here I've got two little uh, tips, I suppose, for if you're thinking about reaching out to your community or finding ways to engage with people on, on these issues. Um, I think it's extremely important to listen and be responsive to the needs of the community. Um, I was working with a guy recently um, who was passionate about the climate and he really wanted to deliver something on that um, to a certain part of his town that he was very attached to and, and really wanted to help them change. But I did just give a little bit of advice that maybe it was worth listening to the, the community first to see whether that was what they wanted to put their energy behind first or, or whether they needed support or engagement on a different topic. It's just really important to um, think about supporting people where they are and, um, and then moving forward at the speed that they're working at. And that's, I think, how you're gonna get best engagement. Um, and the other thing is, is make it fun. And I don't mean that flippantly, but I, I really mean that people's time is extremely valuable. And um, obviously we're, we're all, balancing any number of things in our lives and if they're going to give you what they did for me a whole Sunday of their time I really wanted to make that useful for them and enjoyable and give them a positive experience um, and that ultimately supports that idea of further engagement as well because they'll they'll remember that they enjoyed that time with you and they felt like they were part of something bigger this movement for change um, so yeah think about think about put your designer hat on when you're doing these community engagement things and think about live that day or that that meeting how will it feel like to be in that space ultimately will they walk away pleased to spend that time with you um, and that's that's your job as the designer of the event to do your best on that um, so just throwing in some ideas there around um, community engagement and how to bring people into these ideas um, and the space uh, of all these creative ideas that I'm sure you have around these circular economy and circular ideas. So I'm going to pass back to Philippa now and we'll move on to the next speaker. Thank you all for listening.
Thank you so much, Claire. Um, we'll now hear from uh, Chris Osterich from the RSA's Thailand Network. Chris, Chris is a writer and publisher and a lecturer at Thammasat University's School of Global Studies in Bangkok, where he teaches active learning courses related to sustainability, social innovation, and social enterprise and advocacy. He's the founder of the Wicked Problems Collaborative, an independent press focused on humanity's biggest challenges, and co-founder of the Circular Design Lab, an open innovation platform that focuses on prototyping and delivering solutions for systems change. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to uh, talk a little bit today about uh, fostering regenerative change with the Circular Design Lab and Linear to Circular. Um, I'm a teacher, and before I get going, I want to discuss one thing that Carlo brought to mind. This is from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation from one of their, uh, one of their research uh, products from a couple of years ago. When we look at what we need to do for climate change, 55% of the change needs to come from energy, 45% needs to come from products, 45% of that 45% can come from the circular economy. So about 20% of what we need to do for climate change can come from the circular economy. So anytime you're looking to make an argument with people who don't see the need, this is, this is a great thing to go to. So just wanted to share that with everyone. Um, this is our team. Circular Design Lab started about three and a half years ago where four of us were working together at the university and we were looking to do something together where we, we wanted to do something with community. We were all involved with facilitation and design and systems thinking. And we saw some other things going on around the world with systemic design. And we just got together and we had a lot of conversations for a while and decided to try to create something where we would have a platform for people to come together and create positive change in our community. So that group came up with three aims. One was build community, the second was build capacity, and the third was try to build a better world. And I would be remiss if I did not mention that the RSA provided a grant for our very first workshop. So we were very, very um, appreciative of that and it was a lot of help. So thank you very much for that. Um, we use a lot of conceptual stuff where we, we teach a lot in our, in our programs. A lot of people that come into our workshops don't have any sort of background around um, any, anything along, along these lines. They don't work with systems change. They're not used to doing facilitation, they're not used to doing design. So we just start with a lot of conceptual stuff, help people look at things differently. And then, then we move into more of the doing. And a lot of times we just steal. We, we go out and get all these really great tools and frameworks from all over. So circular design guide from Ellen MacArthur Foundation, systemic design toolkit, follow the rabbit. So there's loads of really good stuff out there. We, we have slowly been adding to our toolkit, but if you wanna start something where you are, there's plenty of stuff out there that you can work with. So our framework uh, has four phases. And what I just wanted to call this out really quickly, our co-initializing and co-sensing phases are where we go out and we listen to the system and we try to get an understanding of problems um, and then try to make sense of the data that we collect. If we spend say four Saturdays working together in an in open uh, innovation laboratory, probably 60 to 70% of the time at least is spent in those first two phases. What I see a lot in uh, systems change efforts, a lot of times people come to the table having a, a good understanding of a problem and wanting to jump to solutions. And what, what we ask everyone to do is trying to get everyone else's understanding of the, uh, the problem on the table and then going out and collecting a lot more data 
and then seeing, you know, learning from the people who are living with the problem before you start to get to onto uh, solutions. And so we tend to go on these learning journeys where we'll have events, we'll do, we'll do some of the workshops, we'll have evening events, we'll have pop-up talks. And so we get to engage a lot of different community members rather than just having maybe 40 or 50 people who are actually directly in the workshops. We might get several hundred or, or thousands who take part in all the other events that we have. So it's a good way to get more people to uh, involve, raise awareness and, and get people taking part in what we're doing in one way or another. And so this is one of the efforts that's come out of our workshops. Um, I have not been directly involved in it, but I'm a big cheerleader of it. Our, our group has been working on uh, the air quality issue here in Bangkok, raising awareness, getting people to sign petition. One of the neat things in, in Thailand is if you get enough petition signed, the, the government has to consider the idea for legislation. So we're working towards trying to get a PM 2.5 legislation considered so that we can improve our air quality here. Really, really cool effort. And so if anyone is interested, we have a community on Facebook, a uh, very open group. Everybody shares, we share a lot of links, we share a lot of tools, people ask questions, look for help. So if that's of interest, please come join us there. And then the other effort, this is the social enterprise that I'm working on, Linear Circular. And we're trying to kind of help show some of the things that we do in um, CDL in more of a business side of things so that the CDL is more community side stuff. And so what we're doing is trying to, to build a model where organizations create a lot of waste um, and they don't know what to do with it. It goes to the landfill or it goes to incineration. And so we're trying to help connect the dots between here's a waste source that's valuable, here's an opportunity to do something good with it. And so like right now we're, we're working on these products where we're reclaiming materials and developing what I think are some really nice handbags. They're, they're lightweight, really durable, going to last a really long time. So these are the kinds of things. What we're trying to do is be a model where people can look at what we're doing and hopefully copy it and do it all over because these opportunities exist everywhere. I've been working in circular economy and sustainability for about 15 years. I've seen these opportunities all over the world. So keep your eyes open, Juan. So that, that's it for me. Uh, if you guys have questions, please send them to me in chat. I'd love to... Um, answer them for you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. And thank you again to all of our wonderful community members. We hope that these stories inspire you in your own work and demonstrate the potential we all have to drive change in our communities and in our fields of practice. Although our event tonight is swiftly coming to a close, this is only the start of our journey as partners in change. Everyone is invited to be part of this initiative and to join our movement for a circular future. If you want to find out more about the work of our partners or our collaborative Rethink Fashion project, please visit our websites. Most of all, however, we look forward to sharing next steps in our partnership for change as we work towards a circular revolution together. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head to our YouTube channel for inspiring talks, interviews and animations.